Hey, Shepherd family. I bring grace to you and peace from God our Father, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for my message today comes from Psalm chapter 30, verse 5. It says this, Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. You know, last week I introduced the subject of good grief. What does it mean to grieve the things that we love but now have lost? And to see good come of that sadness and grief that goes with that loss. Grief over loss can come from many different um, experiences. Uh, the death of a loved one. The loss of one's beloved comfort object if you're a little child. Uh, loss can be the loss of freedom and um, the ability to do what we want, when we want, wherever we want, relatively, um, that we have enjoyed up to the time of this shelter-in-place kind of pandemic we find ourselves in. Grief comes after loss, but it can be turned into something good. Last week, as we studied the story of Lazarus, I reminded you that grief is something that helps us understand the things we value most. The particular qualities of a relationship that we've had with a loved one, that we now miss dearly because that loved one has died. The joy that we had, not by having the ability of just going to a restaurant, but going to a restaurant and seeing familiar faces that greeted us, waited on us there, with friends that we had come to know through the years of living wherever it is that we live today. Grief follows loss. Grief shows us the value of those things that we have lost. I'm mindful, though, that while we may cherish those values, still grief hurts. It stings, doesn't it? And Today, I want to take you to that Psalm, chapter 30, verse 5. A simple verse, and I invite you maybe even to memorize it with me today. Say it once more. Weeping endures for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. It's a reminder for me that grief will always ultimately pass. Grief always gives way to increasing joy. You know, years ago when uh, my mom passed away, relatively young in fact, she was in her late 60s, uh, I remember talking to my pastor, Pastor Chuck Olson, and uh, I was desperately sad. I was the last, I am the last of six children, and so my uh, mom and I had a really special relationship. I grew up in a house where... I had my mom's full attention for the last five years of my junior high and then into high school education. My sister was off to college, and it was really just me, my mom, and my dad. And so I remember so many wonderful conversations over that kitchen table, that laminated kitchen table that my mom and dad bought from Sears Roebuck Company uh, in Chicago. And, uh, and we would have great conversations, and man, I missed those conversations when she passed away. I, 
I, I was just absolutely, uh, as, as any child would be, just really cut low. I remember a conversation that I had with Chuck Olson uh, around this topic of grief. And he said, you know, Scott, everybody, when they lose something, listen to this, everybody, when they lose something, is given 20,000 tears. For some, when they suffer loss, those 20,000 tears take decades to exhaust from your heart, your soul, your eyes. For some people, those 20,000 tears disappear in a single really good cry when no one is looking. Maybe you've thought to yourself one of two things. The first is, wow, this person, um, you know, their, their parent, a loved one has died. I have never even seen them cry. They, they seem as if there is no grief at all in them. I'm mindful that it may not be that they are just hard-hearted and really calloused to sadness or grief. It could simply be that they've had their one good cry. They've exhausted all 20,000 of their tears, and now they're, they're going to move on. And that's okay. I know another congregation member from years back whose daughter had passed away, and this particular congregation member still could not come to clean out her daughter's closet. The crying, the tears, the sadness endured for 10, 15 years beyond the death of her dear daughter. Some might look at that and say, wow, I think it's time to move on. I think it's time to kind of deal with this and let's, let's put that to bed. I, I understand losing a child is tough, but, but really, I mean, this is debilitating. I go back. I go back to what my dear pastor reminded me at the death of my own mother. Scott, you get 20,000 tears with every loss you suffer. Some of those tears go just like that. Some of those tears linger for a lifetime. I was making pork roast one day. Uh, it's a long story, but I, I really like a nice pork roast. And I was in the kitchen, and, uh, and I was cooking it. Renee, my wife, was there in the kitchen. And I went to the oven to pull out this pork roast. And as I opened the oven, I said these words, Oh, would you look at how beautiful that pork roast is. Something along those lines. And as soon as I said those words, guess what happened? <laughs> I burst into tears. Literally, I'm looking into the oven at this pork roast, holding the oven door open, and I'm sobbing, heaving sobs, crying in tears. Even now, I, I'm getting kind of emotional about it. <laughs> now, my wife Renee is standing off over by the sink, and she turns around, and she's like, uh, Scott, it's just a pork roast. <laughs> I don't think we need to get this emotional about it. Well, the thing about it was, is that as I was pulling that pork roast out of the oven, as I said those words, look at how beautiful this pork roast is, I remembered in a moment, in that moment, now this is probably 12 years after my mom had passed away, I remembered in that moment that that was what my mom would typically say Back when I was growing up, when she would pull a pork roast out of the oven, she would say something along the lines, Oh, look at how beautiful this pork roast is. 
And when I thought about those words, staring at a, a pork roast, for goodness sakes, the flood of tears came. And I started again working through the 20,000 tears that I had that God gave me as I mourned the death of my own mother. You know, I'm reminded weeping may endure, say this with me, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. The uh, intensity of the tears that I cry over the death of my beloved mother now, what, man, 22 years ago? Mm, fewer, far between, not so intense, but every so often. My heart wells up, I get a lump in my throat, and that weeping that does endure for the night, it, it hits me again. Probably in some ways, in some circumstances for you who are listening, hits you again. Nothing to be ashamed of. That's grief. It's sadness over loss. It's something that we don't want to turn away from. But God's promise is this. For those who know Him, His presence, His salvation, there is coming a day, as Revelation says, when He wipes away all those 20,000 tears from our heart, from our eyes, and He brings us to Himself. Weeping may endure for the night, say it with me, but joy will come. Joy will come in the morning. I remember that. i tell you another story. It was uh, several years ago, we had a very tragic, tragic um, uh, circumstance that happened right next door to our house. And um, one of our uh, next door neighbors, um, well, bluntly, they, they took their life. And um, this is a young guy. Um, and our neighborhood, very, very tight-knit neighborhood, all of us cared for each other. We were watching all of our kids grow up together. And we had a lot of little ones on the street that obviously knew this, knew about this, and, and were obviously affected by it. And I went to talk to one of the um, social workers at the school where my children went and, and asked her, you know, help me, help me help my children process this intense grief that they are now going through as they are seeing us as adults seriously grieve, so sad we all were over this tragic loss, especially for my next-door neighbor, over the loss of his son. And, uh, and, and Mrs. G was her name. She said, you know, here's the most important thing to learn about grief when it comes to kids. Grief in the lives of kids, but also to an agree, a degree with uh, adults. Uh, grief is like waves on a seashore. Grief is like waves on a seashore. It can come crashing in. And then just as quickly, go back out to sea. Um, and what she was reminding me of is that sometimes a child can come up, and because children don't have words, and, 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 and God, by His grace, has wired them in such a way that um, they grieve differently than we cognitively, intellectually-minded adults do, sometimes they can come up and they can cling and cuddle in. And then two minutes later, they're ready to go play with their friends again. They just needed a quick cuddle. Um, they may be 
off by themselves, very despondent and alone, and then all of a sudden they're back chipper and happy. And it's that oscillation, it's that back and forth, like waves coming in and off on the seashore. And Mrs. G said to me, she said, you know, the most, thing, the most important thing you need as a parent, the most uh, 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 greatest thing you need to be adept at in parenting your kids through this very tragic circumstance that happened right across our fence line with our neighbor's son. She said, you just need to be receptive and ready. And then in their own timing, when your kids are ready to just go back out and play as normal kids do, let them go. Don't make too little of it. Don't minimize their grief. But at the same time, don't try to make them adults processing their grief with words and, and the whatnot. It was her way of essentially saying, Psalm 30, verse 5, weeping endures for a time, but then joy comes in the morning. Sometimes it's a physical night and it's a physical morning. I know many of you who have lost sleep over sad things that keep you awake at night and you ruminate and you ruminate and you think about it and you process it and then all of a sudden you're like, am I ever going to get some sleep? And then the morning comes, you get your cup of coffee and, and by God's grace, you're, you're on your way. Sometimes the morning and the evening are more periods of time. Um, it's like with a child. Five minutes of intense crying, followed up by three hours worth of as if nothing happened. I, I wanted to share those stories with you today because as we think about grief in this pandemic, one of the things I want to encourage you to do is to share stories with each other. How are you doing? What are you really struggling with? What is the loss that you are most acutely experiencing? You see, the thing that I want to add in my pastoral role, beyond what I learned from Pastor Olson when my mom died, from Mrs. G in that tragic neighborhood uh, circumstance that I just spoke of, is this note. I want to share this with you. Remember, stories and storytelling are the way that we as human beings get the grief out of our hearts, through our mouths, into the ears of friends and people that love us so that they can respond and say, the morning is going to come. I'm going to be with you through this night. And joy will come in the morning. We will get through this. That kind of tenacious commitment to community in the time of transition and loss and grief and uncertainty and ambiguity and all those other words that go with the anxiety of losing something or someone you love. That's what we need the church for. That's what Jesus Christ birthed when he rose from the grave. He defeated death. He stared grief in the face and said, You will not be the Lord of my people. I, the risen Lord, will be the Lord of my people. And I will remind them that by the power of my Holy Spirit working in them, I will give them a joy in the morning to face down, just like I did 
to face down the grief that haunts us and hurts us and harms us and creates so many barriers for us to move beyond it and say that there is a Lord of life who promises us that while we may lose, with Him we will ultimately win. These days of pandemic are days of loss. And if we are going to succeed in these days of loss, my brothers and sisters in Christ, then what we need to do is learn how to deal with grief. Because grief is what the devil loses to keep us in the pit of loss. Grief is what God can turn and use to lead us back to Himself. And so, while weeping may endure for the night, I pray this morning, or this afternoon, or whenever you're listening to this, this recording, I pray that you will learn that joy does come in the morning. And this shepherd family wants to be a source of joy. And if I can do anything as a pastor... You can either instant message me or direct message me or private message me or call the church or call Pastor Allen, but call Shepherd. Connect with us so that we can connect with you and make sure that the way in which you are going through this loss, which all of us are staring down, and then the other private losses that we've already gone through, that you can do so with hope and with joy knowing that the church is here so that you do not have to be alone in the grief that we are all experiencing. Shepherd family, I look forward to seeing you soon. I can feel it. I can feel it. In-person worship is going to be coming back online here probably in the next two, three, four weeks. Hang in there. We'll uh, keep on uh, keeping on for you and making sure these online opportunities continue to be presented to you.